the Four Horsemen. What you have here is the Four Horsemen, united, live, and exciting color. Um, not those Four Horsemen. These Four Horsemen discuss theology from different viewpoints, different perspectives, as we show people how to have discussions without turning into a keyboard warrior. Are you stupid? Now, here's Dennis Thurman, Adam Black, Benjamin Kerfman, and Derek McCarson, the Four Horsemen. Welcome to yet another episode of the Four Horsemen podcast. I am uh, joined here by the Reverend Adam Black, the Reverend Derek McCarson, and the very right, Bishop. very right, Reverend Archbishop Cardinal Dennis Thurman, the uh, Apostle. Yes, the Apostle of Western <laughs> North Carolina. You'll have one. Um, <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he didn't have as much jewelry I on either. Haven't slain anyone in the spirit. Like <laughs> Amen. I feel like I'm about to be slain. Although looking at people out there Sunday when I was preaching, a few looked like they had actually passed out. <laughs> That's right. They were just under conviction. I'm all. sure that was it. Um. Because they jerk every now and then. Right. So so speaking of uh, being under conviction, um, earlier today I was uh, with some brothers uh, discussing uh, some things by Jonathan Edwards, which is a great way to get convicted if you need it, um, is to read things that he read. It will make you feel like a spiritual gnat. We're yeah. talking about the vice president, former vice president? Um, Nominee? No? No. Oh. No, he's a little bit older than that. Not that Jonathan Edwards. Um, this one's safe. <laughs> but... Uh, Anyways, um, when you look back at these guys, you know, these Puritan guys and, and others, there's this huge emphasis, especially among the Puritans, about personal holiness, spiritual disciplines, these kind of things. And so uh, I, got a, I got a journal for Christmas from my brother, this really nice leather journal. And I'm not much of a journaling type person. Um, I have uh, unintelligible handwriting. Um, but I decided to give it a shot. So I read a chapter of Proverbs for the, for the day of the month. I usually try to kind of pick something out that stands out to me and, and write a little bit about it and then write out uh, my prayers for that day of who, who I prayed for, what I prayed for him about, that kind of thing. And I found that to be really helpful um, the few times that I've managed to do it. But uh, in, in thinking about that, one of the things that I was reading about in Proverbs is this idea of just discipline and wisdom. And uh, the fear I, of the Lord is yeah. the beginning of yeah, and so so I asked myself the other day in my devotions, you know, what what was kind of my goal for 2019? Like like what did I want my year to be marked by? And the the word that I picked was discipline. And I started thinking about how many problems in my life um exist because I'm undisciplined. Like when I look at my budget, like I have an, I have enough money to be doing better than I can right now. Uh the money is there the time to do the things that I want to do is there. Um, the energy to do what I want to do is there. The ability to get a full night's sleep every night, all those kind of things that would really benefit me um, personally and in my marriage and with my kids, my job in ministry. Um, those things are all possible with discipline. And so the reason why I have deficiencies in my life in a lot of ways is just because I'm just undisciplined. Um, and then also that also goes in a line with um, personal holiness. You know, one of the challenges that I heard today is, is that um, people call the pastor the man of God because he should have a level of personal holiness that church members aspire to. 
and and not and not in a prideful sense, but in a sense of um, how am I going to exhort and and disciple uh, men, women, and children in my church to to exceed me in the faith when I if the bar is so low for myself. So, in keeping with that uh, encouraging topic. Um, I'm depressed already. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm gonna save Dennis for last because he's got the most miles on him when it comes to holiness. Son. So, um, <laughs> but uh, super holy. Yeah, we're just gonna save the good stuff for the last, you know. So we'll start with Adam, <laughs> right? Um, so, so Adam, tell us, tell us, uh, what is kind of your personal life like? Not as a pastor, but just as a Christian, you know, when it comes to like discipline in your own life. I mean, you've been in the military, so obviously you understand uh, discipline. That's a huge part of what they teach there and why they're able to be effective at what they're doing. I mean, if you have a bunch of lazy soldiers or undisciplined soldiers, you are not going to be successful in a combat situation. So, I mean, you understand uh, firsthand the benefits of discipline. I understand it, but don't do it. <laughs> yeah. So, but so tell us, so tell us what that's, that's like. Going home to eat tacos. <laughs> you know, yeah, like tacos at nine o'clock at night. That right. Will, that will put any weight on. Amen. Hey, we're we're, we're not, but we're not talking it. about Pastor Adam. We're talking about just regular Adam, right? right? Christian Adam. What what is your what is your let us look into your life of like what does discipline and personal holiness look like for you and and where do you kind of want it to be and maybe what are you doing to get there well i think one of the big problems in in first peter um he says uh, be holy for i am holy and i think one of the things that i've always kind of fell back on and i've talked to tons of people that kind of fall back on this and even as a pastor do it is why well, I'm not perfect, but I, I allow that to be an excuse to not pursue holiness. And, uh, you know, I make mistakes. I fail daily, which is all true. Ask my wife. Um, but the reality is, is that you can't fall back on that. You can't fall back. You know, it's talking about money. I'm the same way. Eat out too much. Mm-hmm. Just being transparent. We eat out too much. I eat out for lunch almost every day. And then we're like, well, we need more money. No, I just, I need to be disciplined and not to eat it. And so, um, for me personally, it's, is this resting in my imperfections that I shouldn't be doing. Uh, I need to be pursuing a pursuit, the pursuit of holiness and pursue to be like Christ. And, uh, that will take discipline, you know, as we talked about a couple of episodes ago about, you know, making changes that you've got to feel the pain the need uh, to actually do something about it. Uh, but I, I don't think as, as Christians, we should get to a point of uh, this dire pain in order to be like Christ in, in all our ways, whether it's time management, um, which is something that I struggle with and um, all the above, but where I hope to be, you know, one of the big things that I'm, I really want to try in 2019 is um, health. Um, I've put on a ton of weight and, uh, I'm probably the the least fit that I've ever been in my life. And and again, that's discipline. It's not going home and eating uh, tacos followed up by Fruity Pebbles, which is Amen. phenomenal, right? If you pray over the stuff, man, it can't be bad for you. <laughs> right. um, but it is going to take discipline. It's going to take, you know, working in an office all the time. You know, I'm going to mm-hmm. have to get up and, and walk, uh, which I've been doing every day this year. And, and it's going to take some discipline. So I, I want to Which get, is one week, by the way. Do what? Which is one way. Yeah, and, I, and I'm doing it. I've done it every day. 
and I haven't ate out at all this year. Um, well, never mind. Um, but I want to be healthier this year. Um, I want to disconnect more from the phone, from the TV. Uh, I told my, my family last night, I said, I want us, you know, when springtime comes, I want us to go out outside, outdoors, go hiking, go see waterfalls, go uh, and, and really spend more time, be more present with my wife and my mm-hmm. kids. I'm there. I'm not there. And uh, I've got to do that. And I th- Matt Chandler, I, I heard it a long time ago. Then I heard it the other day that as a husband, at the end of the day, when I lay down, I need to be super tired. I can't just, I'm super, give it all I got at work and then come home and just check out. No, I, I got to give it all I got at home. And, and that's to help my wife out more, to be more present with my kids. And, and really that's, um, that's where I hope to be. Um, if you want to call a resolution, that's kind of what I'm hoping for, but it's going to take discipline and, and all those things are, you know, it has scriptural foundations as far as what I, you know, what I need to be as a husband and a father and, uh, health and money, all that's in scripture. So being in the word as well, um, so yeah, that's yeah. where I'm hoping to be. Yeah, I noticed uh, you know, when you were talking about kind of just accepting that you're not perfect, one of the things I've really noticed with myself probably in the last year is that uh, I I compare myself to other people too much. And, and of course, you always pick com- people that uh that you're better than. You know, you don't you don't compare yourself to holy people that you know. You know what I mean? You're not like oh, I'm not like that sister, you know, she's probably 2 hours in the morning. I don't compare myself and, to Derek. You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, we're Dennis. Um, Dennis, we can't no, not. we can't be Dennis at least not for another twenty years. But I'm sure better than but, a serial killer. Amen. <laughs> and when it comes to Adolf Hitler, man, I'm much more holy. <laughs> that's right. But but that's well, one. That's of, it yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's one of the things that I've noticed though is like like, and I noticed this even in ministry with things like preaching. You know, it's like it's like. uh well, you know, I may not have studied enough, but it turned out better than that guy. You know what I mean? Holy like Spirit used it. Yeah, and and and, and I've gotten convicted <laughs> about that muscle. that uh or, or even potential. You know what I mean? Like like the reality is all of us in here could do the same workout regimen and that's going to have different effects on some of us cuz we're just not made the same. You know what I mean? Uh and it's the same thing with uh, any kind of ability at your jobs or whatever. I mean, there's stuff that stuff that you do at work, Adam, I wouldn't have the first clue how to do anything you know and, and probably so. vice but he, versa. Fakes, he fakes it very well yeah, that's right that's what I was about to say. but but the thing is is that you know uh what i've realized is is that a lot of times when it comes to that discipline and personal holiness it's easy to compare myself of well you know what most christians i know they don't even do morning devotions at all so if i only did it three times this week that i'm doing pretty good i'm doing better than most people that's kind of what i tell myself it's not a specific person in mind but it's like I'm doing better than most people. But the thing is, God hasn't called me to do better than most people. He's called me to fulfill my potential. And so I have to ask myself, same thing when I preach. It's like, the question isn't, did I preach better than somebody else? Or was it better than most sermons people in my church have heard? The question is, is it was it the best that God made me to do? And the answer is like, not even close most of the time. you know. And and that's when I really get convicted is, it's like, man, when I start holding holding up the standard of Christ and holding up the standard of who God made me to be and what my potential is versus what I'm doing, there's a lot bigger gap there than if I start kind of making my own standard. So, Derek, uh, what do you think when it comes to kind of that discipline and personal holiness? Like maybe what are some things that you have found uh, helpful to you 
um, in previous years and maybe like some goals that you have and kind of some practical steps of how, how you see yourself getting there? Well, one thing that uh, we haven't done yet is defined what we mean by personal holiness. I think a lot of times in Christian circles, uh, it's a list of do's and don'ts. Mm-hmm. Um, you only wear jeans when you're mowing the yard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a uh, holiness for a lot of people is uh, I listen to this kind of music and not that kind of music. I um, wear these kind of clothes and not that kind of clothes. Mm-hmm. I don't watch these Legalism. movies. But I watch it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a they reduce Christianity to a, a list of rules and regulations rather than a relationship. And I think when you study this um, topic of holiness in the Bible and uh, those who followed hard after Christ, what you find out is that um, that was what the Pharisees got into. Holiness to them was adhering to a set of standards, many of them man-made, and in doing so they somehow climbed the ladder up to reach uh, God's approval. Rather, uh, what I think I find, what we find in the Bible is that uh, the pursuit of holiness is actually the pursuit of the presence of God, being uh, spending time with Christ, spending time in the Word, spending time in prayer, so that through that, uh, in the work of the Holy Spirit, I'm changed, I'm transformed, um, where my thinking pattern is changed, and as my thinking pattern is changed and conformed to the to the to the word rather than to the world, that influences my behavior. So, um, a lot of that pursuit of holiness is the only way you're going to get that is by spending that time with Christ and and letting Him speak into your life and let Him point out things in your life where you need to repent and do better and 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 be changed. Uh, and so that in that transformation, holiness is achieved uh, because you're less like Derek McCarson was in January 1, 2018, and more like Jesus at the end of the year. Um, so when I think of personal holiness, that's what I that's what I think about is spending time in the presence of Christ. And by spending time in the presence of Christ, you will come away different. You will be different mm-hmm. um, by his by the sanctifying work. So um, in terms of how that plays out, um, every day I try and follow a, a routine. Um, I know that that might sound boring to some people, but uh, there is, there's a, a blessing in that discipline mm-hmm. in that I know that this segment of my day I, is going to be, the first part of my day is going to be committed to, uh, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do some kind of physical fitness because I can't, I cannot pray and I cannot spend time with the word if I'm half asleep. I need to wake my body up, wake my mind up. So the first part of my day, I'm going to do that. And then, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go home and, uh, I'm going to fix breakfast for my wife and kids. I'm going to spend some time with them. Um, I'm going to pray for them as they begin their school day. And, uh, I'm going to give them a, a thought or two from, from the word if I can. And then I'm going to come to church and the first, before I even get into the word, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God's face. I'm going to ask God's blessing on what I'm about to do to open my mind to the truth and to give me wisdom and um, pray about those things before I pray about the needs of the church. And then I I get into the Word. And um, so I think for me, um, for me personally, I'm just one of those people that discipline comes easy. I'm a list maker. 
Um, I'm organized by nature. And so um, a lot of that stuff just comes uh, to me. And I'm very regimented. And I find that uh, when you take me out of that regiment and you take me out of that routine, um, that's when I feel myself drifting away uh, from where I need to be. If I didn't get that time in prayer for a week, if I didn't get that time in the Word for a week, man, I notice I'm sharp with my wife or I wasn't patient with my kids or, man, I really bombed it in that sermon. And uh, it, it draws me back to the presence of Christ all over again because I realize my weakness and I realize how I fall short. So um, there is definitely a connection between the pursuit of holiness and discipline because it doesn't happen by osmosis. Yeah, You're not going to get it listening to sermons. You're not going to get it reading a devotion for five minutes. Um, I think somebody posted something great on Facebook the other day. It was one of those memes where it said, uh, you know, Satan spends all day trying to deceive you and you think you can stand up to him for with five minutes of prayer. Just a great thought that it's like, <laughs> you know, he's 24-7. The world is 24-7, the enemy. So, uh you got to always be vigilant and, and pursuing those things. Yeah, there's definitely some good thoughts there. Um, Dennis, you've been at this for a while, um, <laughs> which is which is true. So, so I mean, not only have you spent many years as far as marriage and raising children and being through life stages that, that the rest of us at this table haven't been through, but also even in ministry of going through – all kinds of seasons of challenges and blessing and probably times when it was easier to be disciplined times when it was harder to be disciplined. What can you share with us from your experiences of things that you've learned over the years that have been um, really helpful or maybe even pitfalls and dangers uh, to avoid for young men like us and, and, and men and women that are listening that are, are they're ambitious and it's the beginning of the year and they're like, Oh, I, you know, um, I, I'm I'm really going to grow in my relationship with Christ this year. What what are kind of those warnings and also encouragements that you would have for them based on your experience? Well, I think one of the things you have to do is not let the uh, ideal become an ordeal. Uh, I understand the part about legalism. That's a danger, uh, of course. But I think so is antinomianism, the, where we don't have some standards to guide us. But we can't go around beating ourselves up all the time because we mess up because we will, but don't use it as an excuse to continue in that same pattern. Let us sin that grace may abound kind of idea, but also don't go around just, you know, beating yourself, you know, letting the devil's the accuser and he'll be glad to do that because what happens, you'll get discouraged or you'll begin to do this. You'll go through the form of that religion but it will be devoid of the real power and connection. I know when I was praying this morning, the old hymn came to my mind. I hadn't thought about it for a long, long time. Will not attempt to sing it. <laughs> break thou the bread of life, dear Lord, to me, as thou didst break the bread beside the sea. Beyond the sacred page, I seek thee, Lord. My spirit pants for thee, O living word. And I found myself praying that because it is far too easy for me to sit down with my Bible open and just absorb the content and think, well, that's nice. And, you know, this will make a good message. And, oh, there's a wonderful thought I can post on Facebook. But have no real connection with the author. And so 
if we miss that, we've really missed it. And to me, that's a great danger, even if we persist and set the pattern. Those of us who are expected to teach, we can always find justification for studying our Bible. And we can throw a little prayer in there on top of it to say, well, I know I need God to, to help me. But are we really encountering the Lord? And the whole thing about holiness, look how people in Scripture reacted when they encountered God, whether it be Moses uh, at the burning bush there in Sinai, or whether it be you know, Isaiah in the temple, or, or look at, at Peter telling Jesus, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord, or John on the Isle of Patmos falling down at his feet like, like one dead. How many times do we have an experience like that? that we're utterly broken. We acknowledge our, our spiritual bankruptcy. Uh, and yet Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Uh, and so when we come with our checklist of things that we've done, you know, and say, you know, aren't I a good boy, God? We've not encountered him. Uh, we're we're going to be stricken and smitten. But it's it's a good thing because it's out of that brokenness that we experience the, the presence of the Lord. So when we get into that, uh, yes, we need a discipline. But if that discipline becomes a monotonous routine, just external, we become Pharisees mm. and self-righteous. Mm. And our holiness is no longer an encounter that focuses upon the glory of God, but our own glory. And and to me, it's a, it's just as dangerous, I think, to do that as it is to neglect that that daily discipline. And so I try to have some variety in what I do. Uh, you know, we're creatures of habit, and we need that. Pretty much I'm going to start the day uh, in the Scripture and in prayer. But as to what I study, like right now I'm going through Proverbs, taking taking one a, a day at a time. and, uh, and But then I pray over that. I not only... Like we were talking about the you know, fear of the Lord's beginning of wisdom, and I was in the chapter dealing with all of that. As, as I met God in prayer, I was asking him to teach me, to instruct me, to show me those things, to lead me into wisdom's house where she set this banquet table in front of me and to take what he's got for me. And, and so it was having a conversation with God. And um, so I found that to be something that's refreshing and uh if I just had to say this, that if there's one thing in my life that's made the biggest difference, it has been a consistent daily quiet time. I've not been perfect. There have been times that I have not, but there haven't been many days that I have not begun, you know, in the word and prayer. Could it, do, could it be better? Absolutely. Could it be richer? Of course. But uh, what I am, I've, how far I've gone has been because of that. So uh, while you were saying that, I was thinking of a great sermon zinger that somebody can steal and credit me for. So when it comes to personal holiness, content without communion begets complacency. Amen. That's three C's right Ooh, there. Yeah. I like it. That's right. It's alliterated, yes. so it is he anointed. Would be hey, I did pay attention to some <laughs> things at Fruitland. That's <laughs> hey, all I'm saying. There you go. Okay, so so Dennis kind of touched on it, but uh, but lastly, what's... Adam, what would you say is one thing in your in in your personal walk with Christ that you feel like, you know, D- Dennis touched on uh, this idea of of having a spirit filled walk, you know, not just getting information, but really feeling like you're connecting with God. What's something that in your life that that you do on a regular basis that you say uh, this is something that really helps me um, feel connected with the power of the Holy Spirit and God, not just information, but really connected. What's something that would be that way in your life? 
it would have to probably be is trying to find you were talking about the quiet time. And for me, it's a, it's a discipline thing in which I don't have time. I do, but I would say that car rides mm-hmm. and when I walk it, when I do walk at work, which I do often is I try to pray and meditate and, and really try to, I think it's really good. What you said is, is, is encounter God, mm-hmm. not just pray to pray or to study to study, but really try to encounter God. And I mean, I, it was funny because I I've kind of been here recently, just kind of as I'm walking and praying, I'm like, almost like God, here's what I got to do. Here's what we got to do. And I'm not really encountering God. Um, so that's something that I, I need to do, but that's where it happens um, or need to do better. But that's that's where it happens is in the car rides and and uh, I usually try to turn off the radio and, and pray. And I got a prayer list at, at work that I try to pray every morning when I get there. I try to pray for people. And um, but that's, yeah, for me. Okay. Yeah, I, I can definitely say when I'm commuting, that's um... – Especially with us, we, we live in the mountains of West North Carolina, so just the beauty of it's driving around, work, so. you know. <laughs> it's better dark outside than in your soul, brother. Amen, brother. Um, Derek, what about you? What's what's something kind of in your personal life that you f- feel like really helps you kind of connect with the <laughs> Lord on more than just an intellectual level? Yeah, for me, um, music is a serious component of that, um, whether that's just me sitting in a room by myself an empty room at church with a hymn book open and me singing to the Lord so that nobody else can hear. <laughs> but just having that time of praising God um, and just flipping it open and, and, and singing to the Lord or whether that means um, uh, mowing the grass and having my iPod and listening. Oh, amen, brother. Revival. Get out there in the yard on that mower. Oh, man, I'm telling you, some of the sweetest times of communion that I've had with the Lord has been on, on things like that where mm-hmm. um, you're redeeming the time, so to speak. Uh, you're carving out Eden once again <laughs> from the weeds and the thorns and the thistles. But as you're going about your chore, you know, you're listening maybe to a great sermon and that's sparking all kinds of thoughts in your mind and, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and, or, you know, you're listening to a worship album or some great music and, and you just start singing and you just start praising God. And all of a sudden, before you know it, you're having church out there in the front yard or on your walk or raking the leaves or whatever. And tears start flowing and there's snot bubbles and, Man, you're praising God, and and it's it's personal walk, personal communion with the Lord. You can have that uh, wherever you are, um, and so music is a serious component of that for me because um, I find that uh, sometimes what you have to do is obviously get alone, but um, sometimes you don't feel like getting in the Word. Sometimes you don't feel like praying because you're you're still in the fallen, ad, ad, Adamic, sinful nature. And a lot of times uh, you have to move yourself in that direction obediently. You know you should pray. You know you should praise, but you don't feel like it. But you do it anyway. And then as you do it, guess what? Your heart and your emotions catch up to that. So I'm not talking about working yourself up, but I'm just saying that as you begin to go that way, through the discipline of it, 
you can notice the Holy Spirit start to to meet you where you are and and work with that. So um, for me, I'd say music is huge. So so throw out a recommendation. What's something you've been listening to lately that that you feel like really kind (laughs) of sets the tone for you? Well, I'm curious. all kinds of stuff. Jeremy Camp has a has an awesome worship album. It's a little older. It's called Carried Me, um, but I love that. He, he's he's got some some great um, worship. Um, obviously, there's some um, old stuff that I really like. I really like um, uh, bluegrass gospel. Paul Williams Trio, Primitive Quartet. I know um, that's maybe not the cup of tea of some out there, but to me, uh, hey, it speaks to me. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, sometimes you can't just beat you, you can't beat the old hymns. Just crack that hymn book book open. You are if you've been if you've grown up in church, you know that stuff, and just sing to the Lord. Um, but you know, I, I like all kinds of music, uh, new, old, traditional, praise and worship. Mm-hmm. Um, the Holy Spirit uses all of it for me. Um, the Gettys, man, the Gettys have awesome stuff, and I credit my wife for this. She has opened my my eyes and my ears up to them, and uh, there is nothing greater uh, than going home uh, and you're you know you're you're with your family maybe on that Saturday morning you're fixing breakfast for your family and man you just turn on that music and you're mm-hmm. worshiping God as you do that and you have that time with your family mm-hmm. and it just sets the tone for your day. I mean the, that's the most important part of your day is the beginning. And you can set that tone the right way with with worship and, uh, uh, but there's so much great music out there, and so there's just a sampling. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I tell you, somebody that really connects with me is the Fernando Ortega. Man, mm-hmm. I, I I just also reformed. Well, uh, <laughs> listen, go, go on Pandora and and plug in uh, Shane and Shane or Sovereign Grace Radio. Yeah, also, reformed. you know, and and it's just hey, it's great stuff. It's, yeah. it's powerful. And the Gettys that you mentioned, so forth, but Fernando Ortega just you know connects mm-hmm. with me. Just powerful hill song, hill song. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> or mm. Bethel. Or... So will I, as my yes, jam Lord, right yes, now, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, yes. So yes. will I, as my jam right now, man. I love that song. Sorry, but there is there is something good. In, We're going to say Bill Gaither. Yeah. Hey. So, uh, so Dennis, what's what's something for you that that you feel like just really kind of helps you connect with the Lord? I, I think uh, having a set place. And pattern and time uh, is is something in the stillness of the morning before other people get up and before all the other hustle and bustle of activity. If I can, well, I'll tell you, you know, you, you go and having a nice little dog, you, as soon as you, he hears you, you got to take him out. So I've got the coffee on while that's happening. And, and then I'm going to my study and I'm going to sit down there not to prepare a sermon but I want, I want to connect with God. And and so to me, that early morning quietness, the stillness, and, and I know in some people, they, they do like to listen to music while they do that. And if that works for you, that's fine. But for me, it does. I just need the, the solitude. And, and when I pray, it's not that I'm embarrassed for anybody to see me or hear me pray, but I close the door. I shut the door. I mean, there it's, it's me and, and God. Uh, you know, doing that. And, and so, you know, that, that set pattern has been the critical thing for me, which means I know when I get in that place, that desk 
that spot that's where God's waiting. And and when I turn that chair around and I kneel there, that's my altar, and and that's that's where I'm go- I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I can relate to that too. I think uh, for me, uh, for one, I have a specific place. I, I have a chair in the living room. I have a bookshelf next to it that keep you know my Bible and that kind of stuff on it. Um, get up early before the kids, which is hard. I've got one that's an early riser, so he's usually asleep on the couch when I get up. Um. But, uh, um, I, it depends if it's early in the morning and it's real quiet, uh, and I've got a cup of coffee, I I might just be quiet. Um, lately I've been listening to the top 50 medieval playlist on, uh, Spotify. Gregorian chants. Yes. Which is, (laughs) which is, uh, chants, hurdy gurdy music, all kinds of old, like church music, Latin um, stuff and so are you like you understand a, you're, the Latin? you're in a robe while you're listening uh, this, I know a little bit of Latin okay I know a little bit but um <laughs> I know I, I I probably know enough to pick out Catholic heresies but um <laughs> but I, I I enjoy that kind of music I like uh, old church music I like um choral music things like that and, and um uh if I'm working or doing something else, I listen to different stuff. But for some reason, I really like that when I'm studying um, or when I'm doing quiet time. Um, and that's if the kids are up and it's loud. I just put headphones in and turn it all the way up so I can't hear what's going on. Um, but the other thing for me is um, probably one, one of the most uh, – doesn't seem spiritual, but it has been. It has been getting an aquarium. So I, so, uh, I – and doing a freshwater aquarium as a hobby. And I have it uh, in the room across from where I sit when I do my quiet time. And, um, and one of the things that really, I think kind of helps me connect with the Lord is, is watching that aquarium um, because it creates kind of a sense of wonder and um, makes me really kind of like contemplate him. Um, Cause you know, I was telling my kids the other day, they were sitting with me and we were watching it. We moved the TV out of the living room so that we can try to spend more family time, which has been good. Um, and we were watching the aquarium, and I was explaining to the kids, I said, you know, you realize that we're watching these fish, and we're seeing their behaviors and the things that we do, but the Lord sees every fish, and he, he watches the whole world like this. He He sees us. He sees every every created thing. He sees creatures that we don't even know exist, and they only exist for his pleasure, you know. And those are the kind of thoughts that I have. And it's like the more that I kind of meditate on that and have this sense of wonder and and uh, the uniqueness of everything that God's created, it just it really causes me to have a sense of awe and gratitude. And then to think, you know, um, among all these creatures that that he would save somebody like me, you know. And so it, it seems like it wouldn't be a spiritual thing but it kind of is and so if i might be reading proverbs or something i might take a break and just kind of look up for a minute and just kind of meditate on what i read and and that's something that's been helpful for me and so uh i think that's kind of similar to like mowing the lawn or doing something like that sometimes just being out in creation or experiencing creation it makes we're taking advantage of that romans one right romans one talks about how we're condemned because god's revealed himself but on the other side of redemption uh, the more that we experience what God has revealed, the the more it increases the our love. The heavens declare the, the heavens glory of God. Yes, yeah, so. and the sky above proclaims His handiwork. Psalm nineteen one. Um, uh, that is uh, one of our kids' catechism questions. Which Baptists do sometimes? So, um, so 
Yeah, that uh, tell us on our Facebook page what are things that work for you. What are your what are your uh, hacks and pro tips for discipline and different things like that? Do you have routines and things that you do? Do you have tools that help you? Um, we'd love for you to share those and be able to share those with other listeners on our Facebook page. Um, you can find it uh, on Facebook if you type in the number four and then Horseman. That's H O A R S E M E N. Um, and also, uh, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. That way, when, when you get a new one every Wednesday, it'll just come straight to your phone. You won't have to try to look up the link or any of that kind of and stuff. And your soul will be nourished. Yes, yes. You will be uh, greatly satisfied by the, by the, um, world class content that we are providing to you each week. And, uh, and also, uh, uh, if you subscribe on iTunes and write a review and stuff like that, it makes us look really good. And um, we like that because we're full of pride, and uh, <laughs> or at least I am. Um, but we want people to hear about it. We want people to benefit. And uh, we hope that this has been an encouragement to you. We hope that 2019 will be a year that each one of you that are listening uh, along with us, that we will all grow in holiness and, uh, and just bring God more of the glory that he deserves uh, in each one of our lives. You can continue the conversation online by visiting us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the number four horsemen. Don't forget to tell your friends and enemies about the podcast and be sure to subscribe and review. They look at me funny when I talk like I got a speech impediment. Homie, check my passport. Heaven, I'm a resident. Like a conscious rapper, but do more than master president. I see brothers coughing, so I hit them with the medicine. On the other side, they say the grass is greener. Seen the forecast, man, they calling for Katrina.